0: Welcome to All The Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Okay, everyone, I'm getting ready to ride because today I am talking with one of my favorite brands ever, Peloton. I am talking to Carolyn, who is the Senior Vice President and Head of Global Brand Marketing over there, and I can't wait. To share some of the secrets behind Peloton's marketing machine. Take a listen. Welcome, Carolyn, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on because, as you know, you work for a company that I not only use but just really admire both for the benefit that you provide to your users and also your super marketing savvy approach. So really really yeah, thrilled well to you. have you here. Yeah. Thank you. It's wonderful. So tell me before we get into Peloton and all things that I love about Peloton, let's talk about you. Looking back on your career, what would you say are the three moments that really if you had to look at it, helped define you, your career and where you got to today?
1: Yeah, so I would probably start with my days at Pepsi. So I worked I worked on a variety of different products and brands at Pepsi, but I got the chance in 2014 to work on the launch of Kickstart, which was at the time, it, they, they had a few lines already and they were launching a few new flavors of this product called Kickstart, which is basically a higher energy form of Mountain Dew. And this was kind of the definition of a truly cross-functional effort. So we were actually creating the product. I was tasting different flavors and different versions of it. We were making sure we had the distribution rights. So I was spending a lot of time with Walmart on the supply chain. There was a moment, we had a kind of this crisis moment where there was a typhoon in the Philippines so we couldn't get enough coconut water there. I mean, I learned really everything that wow. I did not realize that I was going to learn in marketing. But then we launched at the Super Bowl. And to see your ad, it's kind of classic marketing moment of seeing your ad on the Super Bowl, seeing it go viral, seeing everyone talking about it on Twitter. It really felt like I was pretty young at the time, but I felt like, oh my God, I've really made it in marketing at this moment. So that was probably number one. Love that one. It was your made it moment. I totally, my made it moment. Exactly. moment but not everyone has that
0: moment with watching their commercial air on the Super Bowl. That's a pretty big made it moment.
1: Yes. Well, and what I thought you were going to say is not everyone has the, it's not always a career defining moment in a good way because, you know, the Super Bowl commercials can be very, very controversial. This happened to get great pickup. It was named one of the top ads at the Super Bowl and all of that, but it was definitely stressful. You never know how people are going to react to it. So it was stressful going in. Absolutely. So then probably my other two are related to Peloton, which is, you know, I know what you want to get into, but so first I would say the first part is just even deciding to go to Peloton in the first place. I had had a pretty traditional career up until that point. I worked at a digital advertising agency. I went to business school. I worked at Pepsi, worked at the New York Giants, all kind of classic marketing roles. And not that I saw myself doing that forever, but I, I felt like I was on a pretty specific career path. And then this opportunity at Peloton truly landed on my lap. And I never thought I'd work for a tech company, never thought I would go to a startup. There was kind of a lot of never boxes that I was unchecking all at once to go work at Peloton. But it felt like it was the right time in my career and the right time in my life to take a risk. And the idea that I've always been passionate about fitness kind of in my personal life, but the idea that I could combine something that I was personally passionate about with marketing, which I was passionate about in my career, felt like a unique opportunity. So I kind of jumped off the deep end and went for it. I love it. Now,
0: how long ago was this when you first came to Peloton?
1: So I joined in May of 2016. So it was still
0: catching wave then, right? In 2016, yes. had it hit the level of mass craziness that it has now? No.
1: Not at all. So we had no, there was no brand marketing team when I joined. We really, we had kind of just, the company had just started kind of dipping its toes in advertising. It was mostly just there was a very small but scrappy performance marketing team that was doing some Facebook ads that were, that were, were performing really well. But no one had ever heard of Peloton. I remember going, wow. you know, seeing my friends from business school or going to a party in New York and people asking what I did. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, are you just going to the bad version of Soul Cycle? Like, what are you doing with yourself? And really, nobody knew what it was. Ironically, my mom had read about Peloton in the New York Times a few months before, and she had a bike. So I was able to try the product before and I just, I had a, um, my daughter had just turned one at the time. So I knew the value that Peloton could provide to people. And I really, I, I wasn't just kind of gambling all my chips at once and hoping that this turned into something. I knew that they had this incredible product that could end up being really successful. And when I met with John, our founder, when, you know, in the interview process, he said to me, you know, not only do we have this great product, but we want to be the most special brand in the world. And I remember coming home and talking to my husband that night and saying, like, this guy could be totally crazy because why on earth would we be the most special brand in the world? No one's ever even heard of this thing. But if this is actually true, I want to be a part of it. So this was
0: a risk, but such an exciting one. I mean, I can I can actually feel myself in your shoes with this kind of traditional brand experience going into this sort of new unknown thing. There's a Times piece about it, and it's starting maybe to get some interest, but wow, that's a really big one. All right, tell me about your third. Must have been, at least now, Peloton, at this point in the story, I bet, has probably picked up more steam.
1: Yes. Well, no, not much, because it was only a few weeks later, actually. I was. There's been a lot of career-defining moments at Peloton. Wow. but So I came in under a CMO who had just been hired at the time. And so, and I was going to lead our brand marketing team. And then she left pretty shortly after I got there. I would uh, probably six weeks maybe after I got there. So then all of a sudden I was already taking the risk going into this kind of unknown founder led company. And then all of a sudden I was kind of elevated to this much more senior position. And I was in charge of a lot more, you know, on my, that I thought I was going to be in charge of, but also just from a leadership perspective, all of a sudden I was directly reporting to John our founder, I was really in charge. And that was probably of all the moments that was the most terrifying because it was a little bit of a, like, can you rise to the occasion and really be the leader that we see in you, but you might not see in yourself. And really, I honestly, I had no choice but to say yes. So I did. But that really was, I would say from there forward, it was, okay, you were in charge. How are you going to go build this brand?
0: I, Absolutely love that moment. And it leads so nicely into the building of the brand itself. So it went from being something that was relatively unknown to this, what I would describe, certainly as a Peloton user myself, as this ferociously loyal and dedicated community that has built this kind of craze around the bikes and around bringing all of these people together. Is that something that just happens organically from having a great product? Or is it something that you can do to help your brand build that kind of community? Because this is the type of thing I feel like marketers salivate over. Like, how do we create a community that has this type of love like Peloton does? And I I don't know the exact answer. Tell me a little bit about that building of community.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question. People ask me this all the time and they say, you know, what's your secret sauce? What's like the one thing I I can bring back to my company and I can start doing? And I wish I could say that we sit here, you know, in our offices in in Chelsea and created this grand master plan, but that would not be true. So when John and the founders started Peloton, they knew they had an incredible game-changing product. They knew that the idea of live streaming boutique at the time, indoor cycling, into your home there was a clear consumer need they were filling because yeah. they were the target you know yeah. at the beginning yeah. but they never thought that they were creating this rabid community as well that was really the surprise but where i would say where we come in and where the company comes in is that early on i think once we started to realize what the type of community we were creating we did a bunch of things deliberately to continue to enable it mm-hmm. so i would say there's there's really three parts to it the first part is on the software side. So we are at our core tech company. Yes. We have over a hundred engineers that are working every day to make the software, the product experience better. And a lot of what they're doing is to enable those community connections. So one of the things we talk about here is this idea of never riding alone or the flip side is together we go far. So yes. they are thinking about, you know, the, I know you're a home rider. So you know this, the idea of the leaderboard. The idea that it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm in California and I'm riding in my basement, but I'm the opposite of riding alone because I'm riding with all those other people on the leaderboard. The idea that now you can give a high five. So when someone, I was on my bike this morning and someone had hit their hundredth ride. So we celebrate milestones a lot. And my, you know, I popped up on my screen that so-and-so, some person I didn't know had hit their hundredth ride. So I gave them a high five and they high-fived me back. And interactions like that, are actually all deliberately built into the software to continue to create that community connection. So that's kind of bucket number one. The second one is finding moments for our community to connect in real life. So you may know this because you were an early home rider, but so our community actually created something called the home rider invasion. So this was once a year, our riders from around the country at the time, now around the world, but at the time around the country, all decided to come spontaneously come to New York for a weekend, and take classes together in real life. Yep. This is an event completely created by the community, but they saw the power of taking those virtual and digital connections and bringing them together in real life. We now manage it, and now it's it's over 1,000 people. This year, it's much bigger. It's a much bigger scale, but this was something created by the community. Yep. What's amazing is that that used to be a once-a-year, and it still is, it's a once-a-year official occasion. But if you go to our studio, and I'm you've probably ridden at our studio yes. before any weekend for sure, potentially even every day of the week, you will see what we call mini HRI. So there will be an impulsive seven people saying it's my bachelorette in New York this weekend and oh we had to all come to a class at the studio or it's my hundredth ride and my family all came together to take a class together. Yeah. So people are always looking for ways to create those in-person connections to supplement what they're getting through the community digitally. Yep. And then the third one is through our instructors. So as you know, our instructors are really key aspects of the brand. So each of them has kind of their own like mini community yes. where they are all, so if you love Jen Sherman then you are part of the JSS tribe. You follow it on Facebook. You talk to each other at events. You're organizing things on your own around, around what you love about Jen. And so we, so in while the Peloton overall community has over a million members in it, you can find kind of micro communities within it, but usually centered around our instructors, which end up making the, the brand feel even more communal and even smaller to you. So I love all of this. I have a couple of things that
0: I just want to share from my own experience about how I find this to be so valuable. On the tech side, you know, I am not a leaderboard person. I got my Peloton, I was just thinking about it, actually. It was after I had my third child, and I was home a lot during that time. And I I knew that I needed to work out, and I knew that, that, that this was something that I thought would motivate me because I loved classes. I used to go to the gym and go to classes. And so when I got this... I wasn't as into the leaderboard, but when you introduce the high five, I'm like a crazy high fiver because I will consistently be in the bottom half of class because I'm not a competitive writer and I I don't I don't seek to be at the top and it doesn't drive me. But what does drive me is the positive motivation of others and the positive motivation to me. And I I think the technology and also the way you At the end of every ride, you rank on the, sh- the stream quality as well as the music and the instructor. I always feel like I'm making a difference in the technology. And to me... Yeah, absolutely you are. So great. And in terms of the instructor side, which by the way, Jen Sherman love, although I'm not I'm not a total Jen Sherman girl, but I am a Jen Sherman sing-along girl. I do love all of her sing-alongs. Oh, yes. sing-along Thank you, I not? love the sing yeah. She's not my my go-to in ty- terms of type of music, but I do love her sing-alongs and go back to them quite a bit. With the instructors, did you set out with a strategy to do that? Or did it start to organically happen, and then you ran with it? Was it something that they sort of did organically, and then you accelerated it, or did it come from you?
1: Yeah, I would say probably more the latter. Where your first of it, it is really more something we saw organically happening with our instructors. Yes. If you think about the connection you have with the instructor, they are truly transforming you in those forty-five minutes or thirty minutes, or however many how much time you're spending on the bike. You have such a connection with them. You can't help but want to talk to them right after on so you know, and social ends up being the vehicle to do that. But you want to ask them about you know, Robin will often talk about how she's a vegan, or Allie will talk about her love squad and her positivity, and yes. you can't help but want to have those connections with them off the bike after. So I would say it's behavior that is organically happening, and then we're just helping to create other mechanisms for it to happen even more.
0: You feel like you really, really know them. And that to me is so beautiful because you know them and then everyone who takes the classes with you knows them. So in effect, you know all of the people you're taking classes with. It's a really cool and smart concept that I loved. I think the instructor piece is part of what differentiates, just one of the things that differentiates the brand. The other thing that I see that differentiates the brand is purpose. I know that research shows that consumers increasingly care more about brands that have purpose. Talk to me a little bit about the purpose-driven piece of Peloton. Really, what drives
1: you and how do you communicate it? Yeah, so if we think about really what Peloton is at its core, Peloton enables you to be the best version of yourself. And that means whether you're a CEO, you're a professional athlete, you're a stay at home mom, you're a firefighter, you're a military. There's just, we, our community is so diverse. And what we hear from every aspect of our community is that Peloton makes me better at who I am already. So this is not about you all of a sudden. You're the professional athlete that you never thought you could be. This is. You are who you are, and we just make you, we we enable you to be the best version of it. So that is really what Peloton as a product is at its core. And as a brand, our job is to tell that story. So in the last few years, as we kind of talked about at the beginning, have been all about just raising awareness of Peloton. Nobody knew what Peloton was, and we had to do a lot of product education. So a lot of our early marketing was really just explaining what it meant to be we, we created yes. this category. Yes. So we needed to explain to people wait a second you are take you are live streaming from new york city into your home a live studio cycling class that has metrics that has an incredible instructor like we had to do all that explanation but we never wanted to lose sight of exactly your point of the brand purpose yeah. so you'll always see hopefully you'll always see in our marketing some kind of moment that makes you understand what it means to have peloton in your life so whether that's my favorite one is probably in our holiday ad from last year the mom is is riding at home and the daughter comes in and she's looking up at her mom and she's riding on her tricycle and kind of modeling her mom's yes. behavior. Yes. And it's just one you know micro aspect. There's so many different ways that Peloton enables you to be the best version of yourself, but being able to see have your kids see you, as a strong mom, father, grandparent, whatever it is, is such a critical part of that. And it's not, you know, I talk about this with, I have two young kids and normally me going to the gym is just another moment that I'm leaving them, right? I'm leaving them to go to yes. work. I'm leaving them to go to the gym. When I work out at home, I mean, my daughter cheers every time I say it's a day I'm going on my bike because she's so excited. Not only am I not leaving, so that's the convenience part but she gets to see me working hard she gets to see me being stronger and more focused and more patient when i get off the bike and that it like that type of behavior is really the purpose behind the peloton brand
0: i love that because it really does tap into especially in this world where everyone is busier than ever it taps into the ability to do things on your own time and make things work within your timeline and what what really matters to you and when. I know for me, being able to work out at home in a way that makes me feel like I'm at a class is a very different experience from anything I'd ever had before. Just like just running on a regular treadmill or anything like that. It it, it definitely allows me to do what I want in a way that works for me and my family, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally felt that ad. I, is that is that your favorite campaign? Tell me about your favorite campaign that you've done. I, th- I love just really... All of your campaigns are really built on storytelling. So tell me about which was your favorite.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like it's my children. Like I don't have a favorite. I know. But because I love them all. But so that moment in our holiday ad from last year is probably my favorite moment. My favorite of all of our campaigns was probably our Olympics campaign because it was a moment where we felt like, as I said before, we've been so focused on telling product education and really explaining what our product is that... While we've always tried to infuse our brand purpose in it, it, there's only, you know, 30 seconds in an ad, and there's yes. only so much room to tell that story. Yes. The Olympics, we really let go of all of those constraints and we said, this is just about the brand. Just tell people what Peloton does for you. When Peloton is in your life, how does that transform you? How do you let's show people that you can actually be the best version of yourself when Peloton is in your life? And there's going to be ups and downs. It's not always going to be pretty. But you're consist- you consistently come back to the bike and it consistently fuels you and makes you better. And that's the story we told in the in our Olympics campaign. So I feel like that's probably my favorite.
0: I love that one. And I also love how it was complemented. I believe it was the Winter Olympics, right? When Robin did the ride. Mm-hmm. I totally did the yes. ride.
1: Yes, exactly. So we live streamed yep. classes for the first time from the Olympics. So it's pretty cool. So you could take a 6 a.m. live ride. And instead of it being Robin's Tabata ride in the studio, she was streaming it from the NBC studios in Korea, which is pretty cool.
0: Yes, I love that ride. I actually I, sometimes I like I don't know if you feel this, but I like the rides that like the GMA ride and that kind of stuff. I like the public rides cuz I think they're they're a little easier, so I like to take them because they're like a chip for me. It's like just about the fun. There are a lot of rides actually. The themed rides are more about the fun. I love when they say just let yourself go and just have fun with it and don't, you know, that all of that is really really fun.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's so, you know, incredible about the product is that there's something for everyone. So if you are somebody that is a hardcore leaderboard, you want to be racing against your personal record every time yes. and be measuring you know, every second of the ride, there's something for you. If you are a turn off the leaderboard, this is my, you know, we often hear from our consumers and our members, this is the best 45 minutes of my day. This is the actually the hour. Instead of, you know, we think about how working out has mostly been in people's minds of like, ugh, it's I dread it all day, but I know I need to do it because it's good for me we hear from our members the opposite, which is this is the best 45 minutes of my day. This this is the time for me. This is the time where I can just kind of let go and lose myself in the music and the class and the environment. And so we want to make sure that we have something for everyone because people do have such different ways in which they engage with Peloton.
0: Last question for you, Carolyn, before we go into the lightning round, looking at your social media and your social media marketing. If you were weighting your social media marketing, does more of it lie with the instructors themselves? More of it lie with Peloton? Or is it a combination of both?
1: No, it's really a combination of both. So we do think long and hard about all of our social posts, whether it's the instructors or our... We use our own brand marketing channel as well. Yes. But we don't... We're not going to force people to follow Peloton if what they really want to follow is Allie Love or Robin or someone or one of our instructors. So we really do kind of... We use each of the channels for different ways. So sometimes our core social channels may be a little bit more about acquisition and getting new people to engage with the product, whereas the instructors are more about really speaking to their community. So we we do see a balance of both. Love it.
0: Okay, so we're gonna head into the lightning round where I'm gonna ask you three questions picked from a random list of lightning round questions and you will answer the first thing that comes to your head. Are you ready, Carolyn? I am ready. Okay, here we go. If someone only knew you from what they saw on social media, what three words would they use to describe you?
1: Honestly, my social media is just my kids. So (laughs) they would probably say that I have really cute kids, hopefully. (laughs) But really, I would say, you know, people have told me so many times that I should open my Instagram and, you know, use it for my job and my career. And I really feel like this is mostly for me to like stay connected to my friends that I never get to see anymore. So hopefully they would just say cute kids.
0: What's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self?
1: So I would say probably, well, it's kind of twofold, but I would say really just to focus on the present and not be so focused on what is this doing for my career and what where am I progressing on this ladder. I think when I was younger... I was a complete workaholic. I was the first one in the office. I was the last one out at night. And I never understood the people that left at five or six. And I kept feeling like, what's wrong with them? Why don't they want to do a good job at their at their work? And, you know, fast forward where I'm usually the first one out of the office at night. And, you know, the minute my meetings end, I'm rushing home to get a glimpse of my kids before they fall asleep for the night. And so I feel like I now am so much more appreciative of just because you do the most work doesn't mean it's the best and it's the most efficient. So I am, I would say, you know, if I think about where I was a few years ago to now, I am so much more efficient with my time. I am probably doing my best, my best work for my career, but I'm just not spending as much time doing it. So, you know, to be a little bit less harsh on everyone else around you, because you don't know exactly what's happening in the rest of their life. Absolutely. I definitely had that
0: same experience as, you know, growing up in my career and working late. And then all of a sudden, like, it's later and you're like, oh. It's impossible to get it all done—the family and and work and all of it—and make it all work in a, the same schedule. So you're you're totally dead on about that. What woman do you admire most on social media?
1: Oh, that's a good question. So related to my—I just use social media to post about my kids. I would say the people that I enjoy following the most are the people that are real. So yeah. if I think about a lot of my friends are now kind of at the same point in their career where they have, you know, successful careers, but they're also balancing little kids. And, you know, obviously with with kids at home, it, there's nothing glamorous about being a mom, I would say, period. Right. Definitely nothing glamorous about being a working mom. And I think we're at a moment in time where nobody really wants to, I feel like we're a little bit past the airbrushed, look at my perfect life. There's no toy out of order. And my kids never cry or have her temper tantrum. And I feel like now it's about just real life. So I have a bunch of friends, like my friends run or founders of the Faraday brand of clothing. And Alex's wife, Gary runs their brand. And she's always posting about her kids having temper tantrums and, and like breastfeeding in random places. And like, that's real life. Yep. So I would say those are the people I like to follow. I posted something this summer. I was supposed to speak at something after work, And it was one of those days where like a 100 different things had to all go right for the day to work and starting at 7am nothing went right. Or I had gotten someone to come do my hair and makeup to speak at this event, they never showed up. Uh I was then late to a meeting with John, our founder. And I was so scrambled and stressed and my nanny used to work at a hair salon washing people's hair. And she said like, I could blow dry your hair for you while you put your makeup on. I'm like, okay, I have no idea if you know how to do that, but sure. So I posted a picture of her doing my hair while I was doing my daughter's hair, getting her ready for camp. And I posted it on my Instagram story and like 300 people responded. I'm like, yes, this is what real life looks like yeah. and there's nothing glamorous about it. But I feel like that is real. That's the type of, Social media, I like to see because I feel like it's a little more indicative of real life. Yeah, the non airbrushed
0: real life experience of what it's really like to be in the trenches. I mean, it's, it's round the clock exactly. and it's very difficult to get it all done. And, and just acknowledging that and showing that, I think helps make us all feel just a little bit better.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm so thrilled as a Peloton devotee. And I really love all of the instructors, have different reasons for loving each of them. And now I'm thrilled to know you and all about the behind the scenes of the brand. So you are one fabulous social
1: lady. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening.